Backdoor Cut! Back for another week. My name is Josh DiMatteo, here with the really hot and can't turn his fan on, Jake Eisenberg. Yeah, mate, I'm toasty today. I've been relegated to the to the different room, and I am... Um, Josh maybe turned the fan off because it was creating a, a light buzz. So, to all you listeners out there, you're welcome. I'm putting this is on, for you. Yeah, going through it, going through it today. And uh, mullet enthusiast, Matt Beatty. Mullet enthusiast? I don't think we... Do we have any NBA mullets? I don't think it's... No. It transcends over there. It's, it's not more really. of a... Um, it happens in football a little bit, um, but it's definitely seems to be more of a rugby. Yeah, rugby maybe, maybe, maybe it'll take like oh. a Stephen Adams to break one Ooh, out. and That then, would be good. Maybe, yeah, maybe yeah, Joe Especially with the big handlebars too. Yeah, no, <laughs> he, could, he could absolutely rock it. Um, oh, I saw a disgusting mullet yesterday walking down the beach. This dude just had... <laughs> Very long, thin hair, just like a square in the back of his head down to his, <laughs> his like shoulders, and then and then a shaved head outside of that. It was that's Maruba, baby. Shaved head, mullet bearing NBA fan. If you're listening to this, say <laughs> hey to Jake next time. Yeah, that's right. We've really cornered that niche, haven't we? <laughs> I think so. All right, Jake. Let's get stuck straight in. What's right, first mate. cab off the rank today? Well. You know, we were going to do an entire episode without mentioning um, a single Western Conference team, but, you know, we were a little bit in awe of the Jazz just having uh, solidified themselves at the top of the NBA and um, how they do, don't really have an MVP candidate, or at least they don't have one in the, in the conversation or in the betting market. Um, and, like, would Rudy Gobert actually be in that conversation? Granted, you know, he might he's likely going to win defensive player of the year and seems to kind of be the central force for a lot of these jazz dominating performances. And I think there's just, you know, no reason for him to be in the conversation, even though it's weird that jazz don't have anybody in that conversation. I think mm. it's just a Atlanta Hawks type thing. Like there was no one from that team that was in the MVP race from memory. Um, True. Yeah. I, I, it's, I, it's a funny one. I hate that. 2016 Hawks comparison. I really, I know, I know. I think you just like, hate that team. Yeah, I do hate that team. I know. I mean, <laughs> I, I know that you're a, the Al Horford apologist down there, Josh. I, I know that you you love. No that. apologies. He's great. I mean, Jake's just had half a season of Jeff Teague, and he wanted to shoot his brains out already. Oh my god! So, like, I, I, I mean, obviously we're a few years down the track, so I, I can't be too harsh on it's true. Jeff. But I, I, I mean, obviously this Utah teams are completely different kettle of fish to what that mm. Atlanta team is. But yeah, that, that point that that point is common in that they didn't really have a, a central I mean obviously it's a Donovan Gobert sort of one two punch, right? But then the the supporting cast kind of lifts that team up. It's sort of an interesting dynamic between like if you did have to pick a best player on that team, who is it? And is it Rudy or is it Donovan and and which player has more impact and how you measure that? Like I, I don't know. I, I think I mean, if I had to pick between those two, I, I'd probably lean towards Gobert, but it's really hard because, like, we were just talking off air. Like, Gobert's a dude that can barely dribble the ball and can't shoot outside of six feet. And, like, yeah. now we're talking about giving him, you know, the highest, most prestigious individual award in basketball. So it's very hard to, like, connect the dots there. Yeah. It's a funny one, though, because he is so immeasurably valuable. Like, if you took him off this team, there is not a chance in hell they'd be four games up in the first seed in the Western Conference. That's ridiculous. Like, it, it, he, 
say you put him on, I don't know, one of the lower seed, even the Blazers. Say you put him on the Blazers, right? Would the Blazers not be the top-ranked team in the West easily? He does massively raise your floor. Yeah. I think. Yeah, well, this is my thing. Like, yeah. he's not flashy. You're right. He can't shoot outside of six, seven feet, can't dribble the ball. But the things he can do, he can do pretty much better than anyone in the world. So it's it's a hard, it's a hard argument to exclude him from this award. But at the same time, how do you include him when there's other guys who do everything and they make it look so good? And James Harden can get you anything and Jokic can get you anything. It's like, how can you then give this guy that can't dribble votes in the award, even though he's still so valuable? We've, we do this every year. They need to define what most valuable player means. It's subjective. They're always going to, and it's more fun that way anyway, you know? Because if yeah. it was, if it was up to just specifically the numbers and the analytics, Gobert would be, you know, in the conversation then. Because, you know, how many Utah Jazz fans on Twitter are going to tweet about the screen assists and the, the, the Vorp and the defensive wind shares and all that crap. Um, and I just, like, I'm definitely the lowest on Gobert out of all of us here. Um, like, I just, and I know every regular season he's, you know, he's getting when he's third fucking defensive player of the year award this year, but is he, like, if you were to place him with Clint Capella, how much worse is the Jazz this year? It's a tricky one. Yeah, I, I think they are, but it's it's sort of one of those things where you really, I mean, how, yeah, how do you prove it? You can't. I mean, it, it, I think a lot of the numbers and the advanced statistics about defense are also just very wishy washy mm. as well. Yeah. Like it's, it's hard to sort of really nail down just how sort of effective those numbers are in 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 capturing that. And mm. I I think particularly, I mean, Daryl Morey himself is like the fuck the king of analytics. Daryl Morey is like kind of come out with that so it's it's sort of like it's it's i mean i don't want to delve into this ben simmons really go bear you know yes debate again but like it's it's sort of like that's it, defense is just still very hard to quantify i suppose in the nba yeah. and and that's where it, it becomes a lot more about watching clips of rudy Gobert taking up the whole paint and guys mm. to drive in and then being you know dissuaded yeah. from doing that blah 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 blah. so it's it, i don't know it, it's very hard to sort of to, to quantify it and a lot of it is eye test and a lot of it is just a general feel but mm. uh, yeah I, I mean I, I I think the Jazz would be incredibly worse off if, if, if you there's no I mean there's no like for like I think you you I mean he's a one of the best set defensive players in, in the league can you hear that kicking off? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear that kicking off there's a, there's a he must be in the race I don't know what's going listeners on listeners at home Beatty's yeah. roommate's brother <laughs> bit, bit, bit of family lineage here. Beatty's roommate's brother is running in the Sawtell. What is it? Sawtell yearly running race. The the Sawtell gift. Yeah, so the Sawtell gift. Multiple of Aussies might know. <laughs> this is a four hundred meter. And I, Oofed. yeah, I'm not That's sure. A rough race. Must have done all right, or at least Bill, <laughs> Bill maybe was just riding him home. He could have been running last, and <laughs> yeah, but it could have been the start. Who knows? Yeah. But back to Gobert. I think if you if you were to replace him with someone like Capella, I think you would see his value then. And like if you use I'm gonna use Derek Rose's MVP season as the example here. Mm. He obviously went off, young player, no one saw it coming, dragged the bulls all the way up, but then he got injured. And there was a period where he was injured for maybe a month 
And in that time, the Bulls were significant, significantly worse. Right. Maybe it takes something like that where Gobert just misses a bit of time and the Jazz struggle mightily without him the, to show uh, how much value he has. At the same time, though, right, I think they have a very capable backup in Derek Favors. Yeah. I think Derek Favors yeah. is arguably the best, you know, bench center, backup center in the league mm-hmm. as well. So it's yeah. like, it's I, I don't know, this is where it, it probably the argument goes a little bit against Gobert because I actually just don't know how much that drop-off, I mean, yeah, we wouldn't know until we saw it, obviously. And then in a way, you can even make that another plus four Gobert and that he's pretty durable and he doesn't really miss games. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's a real, it's, I just struggle with that fact that, you know, he's a guy who is a big, I don't want to say clumsy, but he's a big oaf of a center who can't really yeah. get the ball and can't get his own shot. And, and that, and then you're going to call that guy the best player in basketball. That's, it, it, that's tough. But then you look at Donovan and Donovan is like still this kind of guy who, He's kind of working it like he's still kind of almost Jamal Murray tier, I suppose. Like I don't know, I, I like Donovan, and maybe I'm higher on Donovan than, than you guys, but I, I still I, like I can still say that he's you know he's not top echelon sort of a superstar just yet. So it, it's yeah, it's uh, that Utah thing is definitely a, a, a com- by committee. You'll have nights where Clarkson goes off or Ingles or or whoever it is. So Conley even Conley, yeah. So it's um. Uh, yeah. Mitchell's having a fucking ripper season though. Like, yeah, I, I, yeah. I think if with without him, um, they just don't have that dynamic, yeah, explosive that element mm. to their team. Um, I don't know. I, maybe I'm just too jaded from all the playoff stuff with Gobert, where I just don't think that when he, when we get to the playoffs that he that he's the right guy, which shouldn't matter, I guess, in an MVP discussion. But like, I guess when it comes down to it, no one's given the MVP to a guy like Gobert, and it's never happened before. Um, like, I know Josh, you were saying, like, the old school guys, but even the old school, like, Hakeem Olajuwon was a, was a wizard mm. in the in the post and in the mid-range. Um, Tim Duncan, you know, offensively, mm. he's not, you know, the most creative guy, but he's, you you can chuck it down to him on the low post and he's getting yeah, stuff Yeah, and he done. would do something. He would make yeah. a play, yeah. Gobert on the low post is fucking shit. Yeah, they just don't run it full stop because you can't really. And then the other thing as well, like you only got to look at the MVP race or the betting market at least this year, right? And and yeah. it's Jokic and Embiid, and those two guys are. I, I think, uh, I I mean, you you boys tell us, but I I think we both have both of those guys ahead of of Rudy Gobert. Oh yeah, if we were ra- ranking them, so it's it's it be Bam too. I don't have Bam. I, I I mean, Josh is Bam's biggest fan, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't vote for him this year, but yes, I do hear your point. I mean, Time Lord, then, then go there, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Time, time Lord, maybe. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, I'm going to move into something new now. So to summarize, quick answer, one word even. If you were to vote today, would Ooh. anyone from the Jazz, including Rudy Gobert, make your ballot? So top five? Is that how it goes or is it top three? No, it's five. Um, okay, top five. Uh, I no from me no. Okay. Yeah no, it's I got Lillard, LeBron, Embiid, Jokic, Harden. You don't even okay, have Giannis. Oh, I forgot about Giannis. So oh, we, have, no. we have to take out LeBron now, <laughs> put Giannis in, just because of the the minutes. The games missed, yeah. yeah. But yeah, either way, it's a, it's a pretty telling sort of a it's a good game yeah. there, Josh. You come up with that on the fly. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, jazz fans, if you're yeah. listening, jazz fans, should I say, can't say we don't talk about your team, hey? Yeah. Giving Off the them top. a lot of praise there. 
Um, moving on to another MVP candidate who's very skilled, extremely big, and just came back, Joel Embiid. Mm. Is well, he going? Is he going to make an impact for the Sixers now, where they shoot up the standings? Well, they're already at the top of the standings. So, um, are they first? Yeah, I think they're tied first. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, my mistake. Um, so, uh, yes, I think having um, an MVP candidate back um, will make an impact. But you know, interestingly, you know, you talked about Rudy Gobert being super durable. This is the question. Embiid is not. Mm. This is the question with the Philly 76ers and the Joel Embiid fans of the world. Like now he's on a minutes restriction. He's not playing back to backs. And what was, you know, we were all so impressed with him this year. There were no nights off. He was dropping 35, 15, and five every night. Um, and now he's got to work his way back into it. There's not that much time before the playoffs start. Um, that's, I imagine yeah. the next little bit for him now is purely fitness. Like, yeah. I don't care what he produces, just be fit by playoff time. Yeah, I mean, even in his first game back, he didn't play that many minutes, but he still dominated um, the Timberwolves yesterday. Like, shot 15-plus um, free throws. Um, he was he was a dominant force right off the bat again, but mm-hmm. he didn't play, didn't play his full minute load. Um we didn't really yeah. get a, a, a new chapter in the uh, Embiid-Towns oh. rivalry, did we? I mean, Towns, no, Towns no score. He really um, had a huge game at 39 points. but um, He was cooking. Yeah, no, no wrestling, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. Well, there was there was two hard fouls by either of them, by both of them, um, grabbing Embiid grabbing Towns out of the air and similarly Towns giving it back to him on the other end. Um, you'd love to see this from Towns, I feel. You know, like you don't feel like you get that edge out of him uh, most of the year, and it's a good thing that Embiid brings it out of him. But you'd like to see that consistently from him, um, as he's kind of been labelled a little bit soft. Um, someone was <laughs> saying they'd like to trade Jalen Brown for Towns. I was like, you think this team's soft now? Try when uh, you got Towns running the running the show in the middle. Um, but yeah, I, Towns really, man, he is the most like skilled offensively outside of Jokic. Like this dude can just bomb away from three and just come at you in a um, variety of ways. Mm. Well, I don't think it's any question who's really carrying their teams to greater statuses right now. It's Joel Embiid. But we were just saying how Rudy Gobert gets, he gets penalized for not being able to do things like dribble and shoot from more than six, seven feet out. The contrary to that, is Embiid almost, is he uh, seen in a higher regard just because he can do those things or is it purely the dominance? Like if he stopped doing all of that and kept dominating his opponents in the post, would, would everyone still be as hot? It's a, it's a difficult one because, yeah, to an extent, like Rudy obviously still is a box score machine. Like he's not putting up 40-point games like Embiid is, is capable of doing. But, you know, Rudy can absolutely go get your 20 rebounds on any given night. And that that's, mm. of course, extremely important as well. Um, I Yes and no. I don't know. It's tough, dude, because, like, dude, if you were judging a basketball player, and you're going to take their skill factor into consideration, right? And, and it's very like obviously Embiid is extremely skilled. He can put the ball in the hoop, and he can do it himself. And he can also pass, and he can lay the table for teammates. 
Um, and then on the defensive end, he's also an incredible defender as well. So, you know, Rudy doesn't have some of those aspects. So I, I don't know whether that's right or wrong that you're going to take points off him for that or give extra points because I feel like that's kind of the way that you should judge basketball players as well. Mm. Yeah. And, like, I think if you – I mean, if you put Embiid on that Jazz team, I mean, forget about it. Um, but uh, defensively, Embiid, I think, on the same level as Gobert. I wouldn't say that um, – Either is on a much better than the other, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and Embiid, I feel like also, when you talk about that edge, when when you go at Embiid, it feels like you just go into a black hole sometimes. Man, and I was saying before, yeah, Anthony Edwards, man, he, he's been on a bit of a hot streak. But yeah, they, mm. the Wolves kept it close with the Sixers yesterday. It was actually a pretty fun fourth quarter. And Edwards got a little bit ahead of himself, which I, I think is something you just got to love about him at this point. But... Um, just going right at the chest of Embiid. And there's this one play where he goes up to the right, round to the other side of the basket, and he thinks he's going to snip, snip, like sneak it around. And Embiid's just wingspan reaches <laughs> that other arm out and just knocks it off Edwards, out of bounds, sticks his ball. And that was kind of the game right there. Like he, he has, He's able to make those, those game-altering plays um, on the defensive end. Uh, yeah, and the, and the Sixers have had one of the best defenses in the league for the entire period that he's been out as well. Mm. So we can thank Ben for that. Maybe we should quickly chat about Ben, what it means for Joel coming back now. You would think while Joel was out, Ben was going to carry a heavier offensive load, but no. uh, best <laughs> less said about that, the better. We just need to um, accept that he's Draymond Green, and then want and like and and then they say that's a good thing. But he's just never going to be a guy that's going to get you twenty points consistently. Except that he can. Do you remember that one game earlier this season where he went off for forty-five 40? or whatever it was yeah. against Easily. against the deep way, Rudy Gobert? Yeah, yeah. So can't say he can't because he can. <laughs> it's true. I well, guess I guess, yeah. Doesn't. I guess the issue is then, yeah, can he do it consistently and and do it every night, and can you rely on that? Can you rely on him for twenty points every night? And that the answer to that is is no. Still, absolutely. Well, thankfully, he doesn't really have to now because Embiid will be back and he'll be demanding a lot of touches. So will Tobias Harris. Ben can kind of go back to the role that he's best in, just initiating the offense, running downhill, defending like his life depends on it. I think right now the Sixers are rounding into form. They're getting healthy and they're a really big threat. I yeah, man. I've, the Sixers, I just don't trust them still. I don't know. Yeah. I, can't, I, I, I can't. I can't hate your I, your distrust. I uh, I got to see them get out of the second round for the first time in a couple of decades, you know. Um, mm. And then maybe we can we can talk. But I want to see them versus Brooklyn. I want to see how Brooklyn handles a Joel and B because I don't know if they have um, the piece to slow him down. It might not matter because Brooklyn will just be on one hundred and thirty a night once Durant's back. Um, but if anyone can kind of match up with them, you've got Ben to throw on one of the big th- of the big three scorers and then Embiid just punishing whoever they throw out there, Blake Griffin, Lamarcus, Claxton, KD. It's just going to be a, a bloodbath. Well, we were going to talk about Brooklyn yeah. and yeah. Um, how they That's a segue, been... dude, for you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm the segue king. Look at this guy. Learn <laughs> <laughs> from the best, man. <laughs> All right, well... I think we should kick off with the fact that LaMarcus Aldridge played his first couple of games for Brooklyn in the past few days, 
and they've all of a sudden gone from having no size at the four and five to having plenty of very skilled size at the four and five. Um, does it matter? Like, as you said, is Joel just going to come in and smash them anyway? Mm. Or does someone like, because LaMarcus Aldridge played really well in that. Yeah, they, yeah. These guys, LaMarcus and Blake Griffin, they only have to play, you know, eight minute spurts of good yeah. basketball, which they are so completely capable of. Mm. Is it, like, is, is it going to just be a matter of there's so much here that it's impossible for the Nets not to win? <laughs> The Marcus man, I I um, I I thought that he was definitely the better player of the two that went to the Nets, and I kind I of reckon they're pretty like for like. Yeah, I think I think Marcus was actually contributing more though over the past couple of years. Like, yeah, true, um, true. But and granted, that was injuries for Blake, but um, and everybody freaked out about them getting Aldridge and stuff, and I thought it was a little bit overblown, but it just gives them another element and. Mm. He's just money in the post still. Like even if he's going against Dwight Howard instead, um, he's just so crafty down there. And he, he's I'll put, shooting. I'll like, put it this way. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, go. Okay. I was, and he's still, and he's shooting high 30 percent on on threes too. So just another offensive weapon to this offensive buzzsaw. It's just a little bit ridiculous. It's it's crazy to me that it is absolutely conceivable for Brooklyn in the playoffs to roll out a five man lineup of entirely all NBA players. Yeah, well. Yeah, I don't look at it that way. Like, I know what you mean. It's very much an on-paper thing, though, but it's more yeah. so just the fact that, yeah, KD sub sits down on the bench, Harden sits down on the bench, and then you bring on uh, Aldridge and, and Blake Griffin. And it's just like, that's it's more from that aspect for me. It's actually you that's swinging me here, Beatty. You've convinced me that talent always wins out, and they've got the most talent. When did you ever not think that? I used to think that. No, I still do think. Mate, when he watches Correct. all the teams that are like the 15th seed and, and yeah, he's like, <laughs> wonders why they're bad. Oh, <laughs> I wonder why they're bad. I think that a, a, like a, a well-constructed team can beat a team that has a better player on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's it's a oh, terrible way of explaining yeah. it. No, it makes sense, but it's... Yeah, but the Nets have... But the Nets have just have too than- too much at this yeah. point. I, I can't like how can you possibly even even the Lakers like yeah. LeBron and AD might not be enough to get past all of this. Kyrie, James Harden, Kevin Durant, you know, and that's without mentioning their bench guys. Joe Harris, the best shooter in the world. It's yeah. scary. Yeah, well, dude, he gets to shoot without five feet without people within five feet of him as yeah. well. <laughs> It's crazy. I yeah, I, I think Philly is probably the one team in the East that you, I guess you're kind of yeah. pinning your hopes on them, right? As the the only chance to try and stop this Nets Nets juggernaut. Um, I, I I mean I don't know. Like I, I know we're probably a little bit down on Milwaukee as well, just off off the line. No, I was about season, to mention, but I, I do think yeah. that they any team with Giannis on it is. I mean that that. Surely there's something. Surely a series between those two teams, it's not going to be a, a Nets in four, Nets in five scenario as well. Like maybe, but like I, I don't know. It's I, I, I kind of agree, Josh. I, I don't really. I, I think we're messaging during that uh, Nets Hornets game. It's just like how who, who's stopping this team? Like who literally yeah. who's stopping this team? And it's I even the fully healthy Lakers. I I'm a bit worried about. I I don't know. I, I still probably would take the nets in in five 
But it's not a bad shout with Giannis because, like, Giannis is a player with a play style that no one on the Nets really combats, you know. They may still have more firepower overall, but he will get his against them. No one's going to stop him. Well, yeah, it, that's the kind of model, right? It's kind of the, those sort of second LeBron stint Cavs against the Warriors where LeBron's going to get his 40 or 50. You know, it's whether or not the rest of the, the, the squad can kind of do what they need to do, hit the shots that they need to make to be able to, to sort of make up that difference. So give me, give me, give me the. I'm not sure the Lakers would win it, but um, that's going to be a tight series. Like assuming LeBron and AD are back healthy, like um, I don't think that the Nets have the personnel to slow down either of those guys defensively. And then you mm. swing it around the other side, the Lakers still have one of the best defenses in the league. So yeah. I think that gives them a, gives them a shot. Um, you've got AD patrolling the paint out there. Um, hopefully Drummond doesn't get too many minutes. But um, I think what's this like? It's just so clear to me is the, the the buy-in is so important for these teams and so everybody's mm. so all in on the nets that's on that team and you know would i be surprised two years ago to find out that the vibe the team with the best vibes in the league is um has a Kyrie Irving uh on the team <laughs> yeah yeah, I would be. It really would makes be... you. It really makes you question what they're doing in Boston. Like, why? Yeah, why no. would someone not like the vibe there? I don't know. I thought. I thought Kemba was all about the vibes. Um, but you know, it, and like yeah. same with the Sixers. Everybody's on the same page, and they're all they're all in. And I, and the point sense. you made about the Lakers. I mean, the Sixers are also one of the other. I think they are the best defensive or one of the so they're top five. Yeah, they're top for sure. five. Um, so I mean, that's kind of yeah, you're kind first. of hanging your your hat on on that coming through in the playoffs and then whether or not it's going to be good enough or whether or not the fact that the Nets can put out lineups where all five guys can go get a shot for themselves is, is going to just be too overpowering. God damn it, man. Just, just when you think that, oh, just, you know, we got through the Golden State like ruining basketball and <laughs> stockpiling all the talent and now it's just happened in Brooklyn. I don't think it's, it's that bad, thankfully. Um, but it's getting a little bit like that. I don't know. And KD yeah, is not even playing. The difference is one Draymond Green. Yeah. I mean, KD is obviously the constant. Give me Steph over James. Um, give me Clay over Kyrie as well, just because, like, in that third role, um, give me the guy that can play defense. And then I guess you got the, the depoy on Golden State. So I still like that Warriors team more, like, you know. Best team of all time, potentially. Um, this next team still hasn't won anything, guys. No, so, they haven't. Very true. So let's see. I don't know. Do we, are we worried about KD? He's you know getting in the, the news again. Uh, Mate, that was so dumb. Like, he's got to turn his phone off, doesn't he? Oh, what, what are you doing, man? What an idiot. Seriously. I mean, Grant, I mean, Grant, You're Kevin he, Durant. Why are you... F- I maybe post I, that stuff. Maybe this is maybe this is a well-known Knicks fan Michael Rappaport's way of uh, just trying to mm. play some mind games and get in the head mm. of, of his crosstown crosstown rival. Oh, maybe, Not maybe. A bad call. But like, KD's got to be better than that, man. If you're one of the greatest players of all time, don't slide into people's DMs having a go. Be above it. What do you care, man? What do you care? That's why I never understood about uh, KD. Like. For someone that can do whatever he wants, like why on in the world did you sink to that level? 
if his barber was cracking shots at him, he'd crack his barber. Like, relax, you know? Mate, I'm just here for the um, the Knicks-Nets playoff series. That would oh, be- that would be oh, awesome. It would be awesome. <laughs> Who'd have thunk it? But I, I don't know. Like, are you I, I, maybe are you guys kind of like easing the Nets into the the villain role at the moment? I feel people like people are definitely putting them in that role. I don't yeah. feel that way about them. I don't. You don't hate feel that them way? Yeah, I, I don't. I don't really hate them either. But like, it's. Yeah. I think it's they're the easiest team probably to yeah, if you had to hate a team. Yeah. But like, everybody always hates who's at the top. Like the Lake, everybody hate hated the Lakers last year, and nobody hates Utah. Everybody hates Utah. That's everybody, you know, nobody no even, cares about nobody Utah. knows about it. No one gives a shit about Utah. It's so true, man. Like no one cares. It's we're not funny. out here. We're not out here picking Utah on NBA Jam. No one. Yeah. No one cares, man. I'm, let, I'm like, yeah. They basically have to make the conference finals, otherwise, people are really never going to yeah. care. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, well, I think we had on our agenda that we were going to chat about bulls and magic today. Let's do it. Yeah. How? Well, how well, what are your What are your early thoughts, Josh? We were a few games into the the Vucevic experience. Yeah, bring it up because um, we've only really won once. I was going <laughs> to say you, you snuck. Magic, people. meanwhile, seemed to have gotten better. Yeah. We'll yeah, preface dude. this. I think the last time we recorded, I, I I declared Chicago the winner of the the trade deadline. Yeah, and I, 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 the record since has probably not suggested that. Obviously, it's still yeah, early, early days, but I'm yeah, I, I, it was never going to be something that just like clicked into place straight away. It's not like we were a good team. We we got to learn to be a good team, but it helps having Vucevic and Daniel Tice, guys that have just come from better teams than us. Um, I, if you gave me the trade again today, I'd still make it because like we have much more talent ready now on the team now even though it's not converting into immediate wins. Although it does sting that Wendell Carter, who I didn't want to let go of, is now on the Magic looking like the player I thought he would look like. He scored 17, got 12 rebounds yesterday, shot efficiently. He looks like a future anchor, which isn't ideal. (laughs) I just, I just, you know, upon reflection... You know, I, I was kind of ha- happy with the trade for you guys last week, but like they're just shooting for the sixth seed for the next five years. Feels like. Well, they are and they aren't. Like there is a higher potential than that. Like, where does that come um, from? There's Patrick Williams. Is the thing. Patrick Williams is going to be a really good player. Kobe White still got the curve to go. Um, but even outside of that, like Bulls will get another draft pick this year. I don't know what they'll do with it. Whether they trade it or whether they keep it. Well, didn't they just trade it? Oh, true. Yeah, of course. They just traded it so to Magic. Yeah. But, but like, there, there's enough There's enough internal growth in here to become a six seed in of itself. And then a couple of moves, a couple of pieces swung here or there. And who knows? I like this new GM, kind of a Sovas. Mm-hmm. He, uh, like, we never would have swung for this move in the first place with the old um, hierarchy, whatever you want to call it. So I'm I'm pretty confident this guy's got another move in him somewhere. We just got to figure out what we need, when's the right time to do it, who's available. But I'm keen. I'm keen for this new era of the Bulls. I think, <laughs> I think I think this is probably the quickest backflip I've ever done on a on a take. <laughs> Come history, on, one week. Our, I think it's one. Yeah, one week. When oh. did we record last? Was it yeah, one? Yeah. yeah. I think I I just. 
I you're really pinning your hopes on Zach Levine, and I just don't know if Zach Levine is the number one guy. And and I I kind of agree with Josh. I just, uh, sorry with Jake. I just don't really know how. Where's that next? How are they going to get? I don't think there's enough growth in in the guys that you said, Kobe White, and and I mean Patrick Williams. Is, he looks nice, but I. I He's only a first-year player, man. Look like, at, he's look got at, ways look, to go. Look at the top end of the East right now. You've got three teams who are infinitely better than, than the Bulls, and I just don't <laughs> see how, like, you you kind of – the team is what it is, and then you're just hoping on, on that sort of internal development, and I, I don't know. I'm, but I'm this worried. is the bed we made. Like, if we made this bed, we have to lie in it now because yeah. otherwise the, the other option was tear it all down again, let Zach go – getting new draft picks and just reset. But we just did that. that. <laughs> you, could have, you could have signed Zach still, but now and, and kept the other assets and built with Zach plus the assets. I don't know. Um, yeah, Patrick Williams is your only – right now it seems like the only way that you turn into a well, um, contender. We've I mean, still got Lowry Markkinen. He's not gone yet. Whether the, the, there's a player there or not, I don't know. Yeah, I used I to think, I definitely used to think so. So there is one somewhere. Um, I do miss already Hutchinson and Gafford, who we sent to the Wizards. Yeah. Um, they're just bit part rotational guys, but they were young, they're athletic, mm. they ran up and down the court, and Russ is getting the best out of them right now over in Washington. We've got Tyson Vooch now. We've gone the skill route. It sounds like... This guy who came from the Nuggets wants to turn us into the Nuggets, and if that's his plan, let's see what he can do. Um, it's better than what we were doing before. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I just wonder if that is going to be in the in the muck of mediocrity for the probably extended future. Like Zach Levine's going to get a pay in the max. Kind of have no choice. Um, there's a world where he might make All NBA, and you're paying him the super max at the end of the mm. season. Which would be hey, but if he's making all NBA, then pay him. That's fine. Yeah, but the, this is the problem with the all NBA thing. You're going to end up with a John Wall contract because even if you make third team all NBA, you're eligible. Even when reality, it should be probably just first, first, <laughs> probably just yeah. first, and maybe yeah. second. But like Blake Griffin, you know, yeah, even without the injury, I don't, I don't quite put Zach in the same pool as those guys. Like Zach's still very young, and he's. I know. Freakishly so was John Wall, though. Yeah, he got, was. Granted, he, was. he got destroyed he got by injuries. injuries. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, and it could be fine, but, like, how many guys on Supermaxes are of value to their team? It's Even Dame, you wonder if it's worth yeah. it. It is. Oh, no, it's definitely worth it. Definitely worth it, worth it obviously, but um, it's just it's so much of your cap. Which... Look, I hear you. I hear you. I hear the criticism. I hear the we're aiming for <coughs> mediocrity thing. <clears throat> I hear you, but frankly, I don't know what else we could have done. Look, I watched an episode of The Last Dance last night, and I was like, "This is this <laughs> this is that. not the this is not the balls of <laughs> of the old days." Yeah, episode nine, um, the Reggie the Reggie Miller episode, the Pacers yeah. series. Um, yeah, and Zach Levine's got a little bit of magic in him. I just wanted mm. to, I was wondering if they if they hit the acceleration button a little bit too quickly. Very hard to say. Very hard oh, of to course. say. Of course. Like the other side to all this is, and we were speaking about this off mic earlier, there's no evidence that these young players that we traded away 
would have developed how they're developing now if they stayed with us. Like we, you kind of need that veteran presence to help them develop. And if they're the only ones here and there is no veteran presence, then they kind of That's young, get... man. Yeah, no, and Thad Young's been great, but like Wendell Carter in just the past month or month, past couple of weeks, has been showing flashes with the magic that I'd been dying to see from him at the Bulls. So, you know, the sometimes is just the way the cookie crumbles. I'm happy. We got Vucevic. When he's scoring 30 and 10 and getting six assists and we're winning games, we can revisit this. As long as you're happy, Josh, then that's all that matters, (laughs) I think. (laughs) Thanks, fellas. I don't know the flip side of that trade as well, right? Like Orlando are, are really sort of happy to be down the bottom now. Like, yeah, yeah, right. Like shipping out Gordon, shipping out uh, Vucevic. Well, I kind of mentioned it last week. They've got uh, Markel Fultz and Jonathan Isaac injured mm-hmm. at the moment, and they're both scheduled to come back next year. So they're just going to rip the walls down, get another young guy in there. They've got yeah. Wendell Carter as well now. They made Cole a couple Anthony of other trades. Pretty good. Call yeah, Anthony, so like they can come back next year and still be pretty good. It seems like Steve Clifford runs a real system there where even if a bench guy needs to fill in, he does his job and does it well. So, Dude, I'm, this I'm, Okiki guy looks yeah, awesome as well. He's what, good, the, yeah. What the hell? He seems like your kind of guy, Josh. Yeah, he is. is he gonna, <laughs> I've, I've noticed be, him already. He's going to be on a 25-win team for the next two years and you're going to be the first, like you'll be talking about him. And then he's going to get onto into the playoffs, and we're never going to hear you speak about him again. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> not true. <I> <laughs> um, you know what? I know we were going to talk about the Hawks this week, um, but let's see if they can be good for one more week. Yeah, then, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll, 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 pre- we'll just preface that we were encouraged by their recent development. Yeah, they've been good. They played a, a, a double OT game this weekend. Against the Spurs, mm. um, and man, they they should, shouldn't have gone to OT. They just pooped all over themselves in the last like ninety seconds, um, and eventually they got the W. But yeah, bummer to see John Collins go down for a bit. Bummer to see Gordon Hayward now go down. The Hornets—that's not good for them to lose two of their five or six best players um, as we go into this home stretch here. Um, but yeah, just on quickly the, on the Hawks, like yeah. Nate McMillan fan. That's all. Like, I, yeah, I, dude. How, look at <laughs> yeah. where's Indiana at right now. Like, I, yeah, I, they I, they have free falling. Yeah, they got a they got an overtime win against the Spurs as well yesterday. Actually, they, they T.J. Um, McConnell, okay. the point guard. <laughs> well, Brockton's out, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It, it's see, everybody has been loving to make fun of the Celtics for not going for the Miles Turner trade that may or may not have been real, but the Pacers still want to trade him because the fit's not right and no one wants to trade for Miles Turner. So I think they're just asking too much. I think there's a lot of teams that would take him, but if it's going to cost you half your young assets, then forget that. We'll just mm. go with what we got, which I'm sure was the case with the Celtics. Uh, may, maybe right. in the field of conversations, they keep, were like, we want run, Time Lord. Keep and running the Rob train. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Dude. 100%. Well, five games as a starter, 12 points, 10 rebounds, five assists, two and a half blocks, shooting over 70% from the field. I mean, look, he's the second best passer on the team. It's actually... And that's the thing I wasn't expecting. Oh, he's so good at passing. I kind of did expect him to eventually become this, like, athletic monster that can put the ball back and rebound and get blocks. But I never thought he would be 
dishing out five assists a game. Well, he he's like turned into like the guy that gets the offense moving now. Um, yeah. he's he almost single handedly unlocked Fournier against the yeah. Rockets the other day. <laughs> um, no, he's always been a good passer, but he's um now that he's getting the minutes, man, he's. I'm getting I'm getting myself a Time Lord jersey in the next. Are uh, you feeling a bit more encouraged, Jake, with with Fournier and Smart coming back and Time Lord showing he's legit? Mm. Is is there something here? Yeah, there's something here. They just need to get more consistent. I don't know. They're not. They're just, as I said, they're not winning the title this year, no matter what. Like this was always supposed to be kind of a development year. Um, they've just underachieved even from there. Um, but I think I think honestly, if Time Lord is the development of this year, then they've done fine. Yeah. Okay. He he looks like a monster. And guess what? Guess who was back today? Romeo Langford. Oh, Romeo. Where out that Romeo? He blocked Miles Bridges at the rim. So wow. that's no easy feat. No. Um no dude, I mean he's better than Shemi and um Aaron Neesmith. So another six foot six super long wing that can play defense yep. kind of gets the Celtics back to the way they like to play on that on that end. So, I don't know. We'll see. They've got a couple of tough games coming. They play the Sixers on Wednesday and then back-to-back with the Knicks. So, um, Very keen to see how knows. Time Lord yeah. goes one-on-one with Joel Embiid. Yeah, that's actually pretty fun. So, we'll see how that goes. All right, fellas. Well, that's pretty much all I've got to talk about this week. Yeah, Do you have any, um, any closing thoughts? No, I've got my Time Lord talk- take in. So, good to go. <laughs> We're all happy. I'm just uh, I'm waiting for Utah to clinch that that one seed, clinch that. It, it's just they're just humming along. Doesn't look yeah. like it'll be too long. No, and then they'll get to play the Lakers in the first round, and then they'll be out. <laughs> Pending health. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, you've been tuned into Backdoor Cut. My name is Josh DiMatteo here with Jake Eisenberg and Matt Beatty. Until next week, peace. <laughs>